Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's Old Testament scripture reading is from the book of Psalms, chapter 138. Listen for the word of the Lord. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you persevere, you uh, preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answered from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his pers persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who receives, for everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any 
anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if a child asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is The Intimacy of Prayer. Prayer is a powerful tool for the believer. And I think that we would all agree that we need prayer now more than ever. It is easy to look for the simple fixes to life's brokenness or even attempt complex problem-solving formulas, but what the world could use more of are prayer warriors. In the text, something happens to the disciples. They see Jesus praying in a certain place. They knew John had taught his disciples how to pray, and the disciples of Jesus must have experienced a new revelation or expectation as followers of Jesus. They had already witnessed Jesus heal the spirit of an unclean demon in 435, heal a man with a withered hand in Luke 6 and 10, raise a widow's son from the dead in 714, and heal the woman with the issue of blood 845 to 46, and even more miracles. But the disciples saw that prayer was a priority for Jesus. The Spirit came upon him when he was praying. He withdrew periodically to pray, including the call of his disciples, his call to Jerusalem, and the transfiguration. Jesus also prayed at Gethsemane, on the cross, and as the risen Savior, he prayed with his disciples. The disciples saw the relationship between Jesus and the power of his ministry. The effectiveness of walking with God in prayer. The disciples could have asked Jesus anything. They could have asked Jesus for the power to heal. They could have asked Jesus for the ability to cast out demons. They could have asked Jesus to teach them how to raise people from the dead. They could have asked Jesus to help them answer the most difficult theological questions. Instead, they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. But praying can be uncomfortable. Praying doesn't come naturally for us. We want to say the right words in the right way, but we can be a little clumsy when we have to pray. 
The awkwardness of prayer also comes because our natural state is to be separated from God. Many of us were taught to pray as children before our meals, saying God is great, God is good, let him thank us for our food, by his hands we must be fed, give us, Lord, our daily bread, amen. If your children, grandchildren, or kids are anything like our grandchildren, they start making praying hands when they hear that prayer. Like the children who learned this simple prayer and became comfortable with praying it and knowing God's presence and in the blessing of a meal, Jesus said to his disciples, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And bring us not to the trial. Many of us are more familiar with Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. That's found in chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. There are some differences. Luke's version is one-third shorter than Matthew's. Matthew's version addresses our Father in heaven, whereas Luke's version omits everything but Father. Luke's version omits thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and deliver us from the evil one. But teaching them to understand this prayer was more than the prayer itself. Without hesitation, Jesus adds a parable and metaphors. The parable in verses five through nine is about a friend who needs three loaves of bread at the undesirable hour of midnight. Co-pastor Joanna's sermon on who is your neighbor, identify the neighbor as those who are in need. In ancient Near East culture, it was common for travelers to journey in the coolness of the late evening to avoid the unpleasant heat of the day. Travelers expected to receive hospitality from their neighbors even when it was inconvenient, like when the door was locked, the lights out, and the kids in bed. While the man looking for bread viewed the homeowner as a friend, the tired and irritated man got up not as a friend, but only motivated to end the beggar's bothersome all-cost request, giving him everything he needed. If the parable wants, to be, wants us to be shamelessly persistent in our prayers to God, verses 9 through 13 reveal that when we pray to our Father, we can count on God to hear and answer our prayers. Jesus does something powerful when he uses Old Testament texts like Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Or Jeremiah 29 and 11. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will hear you. He shows his intimacy with us and assures us in our petitions to the Father when he says in verse 9, 
I say to you. Jesus engages each of us as the body of Christ to trust in him when he uses the powerful present tense verbs ask, seek, and knock. That is to say, Jesus is encouraging us to pray daily with divine confidence. In a world where the things we trust are tentative and the outcomes are uncertain, we can have the audacity to go to the Father being definite and sure in our prayer to God. The invocation prayer begins with Father. The word Father or Abba sets the interrelational aspect with God that makes prayer possible. Jesus was confident and secure in using the word Father and taught his disciples to do the same as a mark of discipleship. In American or Western cultures, people's names don't necessarily have significant meaning. But in the Hebrew world, names were not arbitrary. Using God's name as Father reveals God's nature and character and our relationship with God. Jesus follows in the prayer by using two descriptions that point our focus to God. The first description is, hallowed be your name, or let your name be revered. To be hallowed is to be sanctified or holy, which is God's defining character. Leviticus 11 and 44 says, for I am the Lord your God. Sanctify yourself, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. The second description is, your kingdom come, or better stated, let your kingdom come, despite and independent of human will. When we give ascriptions to the Father, the attributes depend not on human works, but on whether we are willing to receive it. God's name is already sanctified, and the kingdom of God is immensely present in Jesus Christ. And our praise is that God convicts our hearts to receive God's holiness and God's kingdom and that God will make himself known to all humankind and receive him. There are four petitions in the prayer that speak to our reliance on Jesus. The first three are receiving daily bread, forgiveness, and rescuing us from the time of trial. While there is scholarly debate if the bread is for today, tomorrow, or the end times, there can certainly be no life without food and certainly difficulties without the necessities of life. But Christ wants us to know that there is no real life without forgiveness. Forgiveness seems to be a missing word today. It's a hard word to find. But Jesus calls us to seek and give it. In today's world, the most minor infractions can cause an uproar, outrage, and retaliation. A world of forgiveness is a world with hope, peace, and life. Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer uses 
the words, the word debts instead of sins in verse 4. That is things owed, meaning sins of omission rather than sins of commission. Sins where we should have acted but refused. In God's love, God extends grace freely to us and wants to use us as a conduit to extend forgiveness to others. The last petition, and do not bring us to the time of trial, is not a temptation that invites us to sin, but a test that is intended for us to confess our weakness and to reveal our faithfulness. 2 Peter 2 and 9 says it this way, The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial. This petition is a saving intervention by God for a trial that we would otherwise be unable to bear. Brothers and sisters, the Lord's prayer assumes God's faithful covenant with us. There is a seamlessness with God's past, present, and future promises that invites us not to approach God with timidity, but with intimacy and persistence. God desires us to be unwavering in our prayers to the Father. It does not matter if it's a last-minute prayer, a bothersome or insistent prayer, or us fumbling over our words. Jesus invites a humble heart to stand with him in the close trust of Abba and address God as Father. Of all the religious activities, prayer is often considered a passive pursuit for change. But prayer powerfully summons us into intimacy with God that changes us and our circumstances. Will God give us everything we ask for? Our prayers will be answered according to God's will. We might even feel at times that God is silent. But know that when we feel like we can say like Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Know that God hears our prayers and answers for God's will and those seeking the kingdom of God. God is not a reluctant giver and gives to us in ways humans cannot. Let us fervently ask, seek and knock in prayer, trusting and believing and know we will receive the most intimate gift that will transform the hearts and minds of individuals, the church, communities, and the world. And that is the Father's gift of the Holy Spirit, God's own presence. Today, pray in the desperate need of God knowing that our prayer is compelling not because of us, but because of the nature of the Father who wants to give to those of us who are in need. Acknowledge God's holiness and live in the hope of God's coming kingdom. Bring your love, faith, and concerns before God in the intimacy of prayer. Amen.